0: All right. It looks like we're live and we've got the mighty Titan. Yeah. It's my honor to be on your cast, man.
1: You do, you do really, really good casts. I was talking about that just a few minutes ago.
0: Yeah. Well, I was just watching your podcast, man. It's always entertaining. We, we try. I mean, there's always so much to talk about. Um,
1: When you guys come in and, come into the comments or come on the stream itself. We have such a good time. And Faz had told me, he's like, you went five hours. And I'm like, yeah, we went five hours. I said, we could, okay. we could have sat there and talked like another two more. You know, there's so much to talk about. And it feels good. It got a lot off of a lot of people's chests. And we had a great conversation. And it's nice where you can get together with people like, like you and Zorro and uh, crypto View and even Lichen, you know, who can we can have this conversation? We can say the tough things, and nobody hates each other. You know, you just get your feelings out. You talk about things. Everybody's got opinions. It's it's a heck of a lot of fun, and and you learn things. We hope that people learn stuff.
0: Yeah, well, it was good jumping on, man. Like I have to admit, like I really do like Lycan. I've had him on my podcast before. But at the same time, he agitates the fuck out of me when he gets worked up over stuff, and he won't let me talk. So uh, when when we we're on the podcast, he's like, "Oh, I'd like to see your lips moving more, man." And I said, "Well, I was thinking to myself, well, if you shut the fuck up and let me talk for two <laughs> minutes, well then he does. He
1: he goes once he gets on on a rant, man. He goes, and you know the. I, I even told Lycan before, too, because I'm the exact same way, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> I get going on a rant, and there's, like, no, no stopping me because i, I got to let it out. But I told him, I said, you have such good points and such, in, like, smart things to say. If you would just phrase them a little differently, they would be taken a lot different, right? And so then I give him that advice. And then I turn around the next night and go on to the next show and make a total ass out of myself doing exactly what I told him not to do.
0: <laughs> I think he's just got a dominant personality, man. Like, you know, like everyone's not everyone's cup of tea. Like, I do like him a lot. But when I had him on the podcast, it was, like, hard to rein him in because he's such a big personality. It, it like, can be. It can be
1: tough sometimes, or you get somebody, like, triggered. You get them on, like, somebody will say something that that will trigger you, and you'll be like, yeah, I was thinking about that earlier today and how much horse shit that was. And then you just start going off, and you can't stop once you get going.
0: Yeah. Well, I had a, like, I had a break not long ago, man, with Gala. And, um, like, as we're talking about the characters in Gala, but... um. I was sort of just like over everything. They didn't really seem like they were doing much. They come out with Champions Arena. Have you played that at all? I have not. I have I have really terrible PCs
1: here. Um, all of the things that I run were hand me downs. My wife's business. She works for a veterinary office, and uh, they the computers ran out of warranty, so they were gonna throw them out. And they said, if any of you guys want to take any of these. You know, knock yourself out. They're just basic business machines, so they're they're not very good machines. But I got four of them for nothing. You know, so uh, I can't really game on them. It's Spider Tanks is is rough. I couldn't play Mirandus at all. I had to go down to my son's uh, computer to play Mirandus And when they do the play tests, and uh, I just bought a uh, Mac. To do uh, podcasting with and everything else. But of course, it's not supported for gaming on Gala. So that makes it a little bit tough. I would play the games if I could. I'd try, I'm
0: sure. Well, I think the good thing with Champions Arena, though, man, is that you only need a phone. So I've actually, I don't know if you've, like, a you an iPhone person or Android?
1: Yes. I have both. I have My I Android play. is, yeah, I have. I have Android for my business phone, and then uh, my personal phone's an iPhone.
0: Yeah, well, I think I've got like a 12 Pro or something like that. I don't know what iteration they're up to in here, but it seems to work pretty fine on mine.
1: I didn't even think to try it on mobile. I got the the Pixel 6 Pro, um, and so maybe, maybe I can try that on there and see if that, that's any good on there. I'm not very good at shooters though. That's my <laughs> my downfall. I played Town Star quite a bit when it first came out. Because I like the builders. I, I played the hell out of SimCity and a lot of those uh those builder games when I was younger. Um but shooters, I I am terrible at it.
0: Yeah, well they're not for everyone. I I like a lot of the I'm pretty sure last time on the podcast we spoke about you like city builders and stuff like that as well. And I do, I do. Well. but I used yeah. to. I was, I was obsessed with a game called Dota Underlords, but it never really took off. It's on Steam, but it's um got a lot of similar components to the Champions Arena. So in Champions mm-hmm. Arena, you essentially um you get like I can't remember what they're called Soul Gems, and if you get Soul Gems, you can sort of put them into the character to level them up and give them extra stars and abilities and all the rest of it. And in okay. the Dota Underlords, it's you get characters and then you sort of combine them to make a stronger character. So it's essentially the same sort of thing. But once again, man, with everything that's Gala related, it's sort of just pay to win because if you've got enough money and you can buy all the best characters, well then you're just going to stomp everyone. Yes.
1: Well, I, I think, Gaming itself has kind of moved into the pay-to-win category for pretty much everything from what I've been reading and seeing and hearing. There's got to be that element to it because they have to get that reoccurring income coming in to make the next iteration of the game. And how they choose to do it, I think, is going to be the difference between something that's successful and maybe something that isn't.
0: Yeah, well... Some games are like that, but if you look at Fortnite, it's just skins. So they still sell like a shit ton of skins because they'll partner up with big companies like Marvel and Disney and like a lot of um, like anime creators and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And they still they still make a lot of money, man. Like I think they're making like a billion dollars or more in skins per year.
1: That doesn't surprise me. Well, with that much adoption, too. That game, like, took off. My kids played it. I've played it. I'm no good at it, but I've played it. Um, it is fun. There's no doubt it's fun. Uh, I just, when when I grew up playing video games, mine was the Atari 2600 and television, like a lot of those where you, you didn't have to do multiple things. That's that's where my downfall is, and that's why I'm not good at shooters, because I can't build this like like in Fortnite I you build these contraptions and climb up on them and enclose yourself. I can't do that and shoot people at the same time. I my brain just doesn't work that way. Just I, like Spider Tanks, it's the same thing when I play Spider Tanks. I can run around and I can do things, but when you when I have to run and shoot, I um, I can't do it.
0: Yeah, well that's fair enough. So let's go off gala and gaming for a minute, man. Like you're you've been in the crypto scene for longer than what you've been in the gala scene, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Or was it because I can't it's, really remember if um, Faz put you onto XRP before he put you onto Gala Games.
1: Um so it was it was interesting, right? So uh the shortest version of the story is we would talk once or twice a year for the last twenty years and he calls me up. And it's, it's late summer, and we're talking, and he's telling me about crypto. And I, I said, dude, that, that that's stupid. If you want to invest, just go invest in regular stocks, you know, if you want some ideas. And he's like, no, no, you, you don't understand it. Let me explain it to you. And so he explains it to me. We're on the phone for like two and a half hours. And I, I said, whoa, I, I didn't know that's what this was about, <clears throat> And so he said, listen, I'm not getting off the phone with you until you go to to get an account and buy some crypto. And I'm like, whatever. So we get to talking about other things. And I said, all right, we'll see. He's like, no, you haven't made an account yet. And so he literally would not let me get off the phone. I tried hanging up on him. He called me back. (laughs) And so I went to Gemini and I bought some Bitcoin. And he's like, here, download this wallet on your phone. I'm going to show you how to move it to that, and then you're going to send it to me, and I'm going to send it back, and we did this stuff. And he's like, "Here's a couple of of coins that you might want to look at." And XRP was one of them, uh, and so I went out and I started buying these things, and I just I fell in love with it, and it was it was to me the most fantastic thing because I'm I'm one of those people. Uh, sometimes they're called preppers. Sometimes they're called lunatics. Sometimes they're called <laughs> nuts, right? I I don't. I'm libertarian at heart, um, for the most part. A couple things here or there, but I I want to be off where I can't see my neighbors. I want miles on either side of me. I just want to be left alone. Um, to do whatever it is that I feel like I want to do. I don't want my freedom trampled on. And I'm like, oh my god, this is like a gateway to what I've been dreaming of. So I dove in headfirst and I learned absolutely everything that I could about that. And then that's when it was probably four or five six months into it when he called me up with the gala thing and it was that's how I got sucked into gala with him and here we are all this time later and i spend most of my time uh researching other crypto and learning about things and i'm a, a big on the bitcoin side um i would say more bitcoin than anything else uh i learned my lessons in this and um i want to see this i want to see this stay as decentralized as possible. That's why you hear me talking about those kinds of things all the time. I, I want everybody's fingers out of that stuff. Just leave it alone. Let it be.
0: So being that you, like you consider yourself to be like a libertarian, how would you feel if it came out that Satoshi Nakamoto was actually a government agent that created it? Like maybe a team? That would It would bother me until I could
1: figure out whether or not they could backdoor it. If if it could be backdoored, I would be ridiculously disappointed. But at the same time, I I think even if it was government-created, I don't think they're smart enough to have been able to put a backdoor into it.
0: What would, what would make you think that, though? Like, I'm not really, like, I can't break down code or anything, man. It's just words on a screen to me. But, like, if they're smart enough to be able to create something, that a lot of people consider to be an intelligently designed piece of software. Is that correct? Would you consider it? So- is it a program or what is it? Mm,
1: sort of. Um, so the, the encryption part of it was created in part by the governments and that to everybody's knowledge who has tried, even the smartest computer people that aren't government associated still haven't been able to break through that. So that leads me to believe that there's most likely not a back door in there. And I think that Satoshi took things and purposely shifted them to a place with the network, the way that it's set up, that. I wouldn't call it unbreakable, but I would call it as unbreakable as possible. You can't really mess with it. I don't know if I would call it software because it's 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 it is code that runs it, yes, but it's the network that that can shape that. And it takes it takes a consensus in order for a change to be made it's not like one person or one entity can go in there and affect change without 14 other people also agreeing that that change needs to be made otherwise the software can't can't be updated and i think that's wonderful that's that's huge for what this this industry stands for i saw oh one additional thought on that i saw something today on twitter uh, a little bit earlier today that that speaks to this completely with the decentralization and and what the software really is and <clears throat> this guy had posted a tweet and he had said in there the it was it was so ridiculous when people say their projects are decentralized I can he said I can break it down this simply for you. If there's somebody that can be sued or an address where the lawsuit can be mailed to, it's not decentralized. And I I thought that was really powerful because in a nutshell that breaks down if you look at at a project whether it's Solana or Circle or Bitcoin or anything like that if there's a a person you can sue or an address you can send a lawsuit to it's not really decentralized
0: yeah well i've had that thought a lot with a lot of cryptocurrencies like especially ones like ethereum and cardano because you got vitalik and charles that both essentially run the project or they're the thought heads and it's Mm -hmm. like if anything happens to these guys like even if they had an accident or they passed away like what what would happen to the token itself because you know like from what i can tell i know that ethereum has a massive team around but the thought had is pretty much Vitalik. so if it, something happened to him like what would happen to the project
1: yeah it's there's a lot of danger in that as well and i i don't i mean ethereum has purpose and it has uses and that was like the first one that really came out where smart contracts were easier to, to use and and all these projects that want to complete everything could hop right on there, connect to the chain, it was all built out. It made it real simple for them to do. And you 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 do have that figurehead. It, the staking, you know, Faz and I argued about this before. It the staking was something that that Vitalik wanted to do and he was going to get it Regardless of what anybody thought, decentralized or not, it was going to happen if that's what he wanted to happen. And it's funny because Vitalik was actually somebody who started in Bitcoin. He was, he was trying to learn Bitcoin mm-hmm. and had originally wanted to, to mimic Bitcoin. So it surprised me when he decided he wanted to make that move to proof of stake. That, that threw me for a big loop.
0: Yeah. Well, I remember watching a doco about him like a, like a very long time ago, so I might be gutting it a little bit. But he was obsessed with the game World of Warcraft. And um, both his parents, mostly his dad, I think he knew how intelligent Vitalik was. And um, I think he sent something to the Blizzard developers for World of Warcraft that was something similar to like the the Ethereum white paper for them to be able to update their, their marketplace in game. Oh, wow. And then they pretty much just blew it off. And then um, he started working on his own blockchain, being Ethereum, and um, and then it took off. So they would have been kicking themselves a bit because I think he was like giving out his ideas and information to like Bitcoin devs for free.
1: No kidding. But I could so be we, a bit. <laughs> we we we've all had our moments, and I I told this story before but uh i i of course kid people when i say it but i i think i talked to satoshi um it was years and years and years ago it had to be right around 2011 2012 and i was really big into they had this thing called uh google plus and it was kind of like they were trying to make their own facebook kind of thing on the google network And I would follow all these inspirational people and these writers and the minimalists when they started out, uh, Josh and his buddy, um, and uh, Leo Babuta or Babuti or whatever his name was. And and he was very inspirational. Well, there was this woman writer that I just she was really, really motivational trying to push people uh, into doing their own thing. Right. You know, break free of being a, a slave to your employer and go do your own thing. And she would make these fantastic blog posts. And so I had her on my list uh, in Google Plus and I'm I'm horsing around on the computer the one night. And I get this message and she says, um, hey, I see that you used to be a financial planner. Have you ever heard of what what's called Bitcoin. And I said, yeah, you know, I heard about it. I said, but the the government's never going to let somebody take over the money. (laughs) And she's like, no, you you don't understand. You know, you you might want to read up on on what Bitcoin is. And she gives me this explanation. I said, that's got to be bullshit. Uh, You know, and, and I totally blew her off. Well, we had this whole big conversation. We had one more conversation about it a couple of days after that. And I just blew her off completely. And I thought the woman was crazy. I'm like, God, you know, I, I, really, I, I thought this this woman was so fantastic. And then she goes and she says this nonsense about this, you know, stupid money that they're supposedly making, you know. And I didn't think twice about it. Well, then when the when Bitcoin started becoming popular again in 17 and 18, uh. I thought about it, and I said, man, I had a conversation about this. I'm kicking myself. So I I had downloaded when Google Plus folded. I downloaded all my data, and I went sorting through it for that woman because I wanted to reach out to her again and say, God, I wish you would have tried one more time. I'd have probably bit. And I pull up, and she's gone from the Internet everything. Her website, it's not on the Wayback Machine. Everything is completely scrubbed from what she did. Uh, and so it blew me away, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, holy shit, what if that was like Satoshi? <laughs> 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 so it, tur- it was a joke, but it, it kind of turned into this thing, and I'm kind of like going, that's thats really weird. Weird how that happened.
0: Well, the thing that's weird in like. Work- and blockchain and stuff in general is like how many people claim to be Satoshi yeah you know it's like nearly every single country has some sort of iteration of someone that believes they're Satoshi if and Australia's probably got the biggest douchebag one without we'll saying his name or he might just start saying
1: <laughs> right <laughs> well I'll tell you that there's a couple of really good arguments out there um, I am I am tossed between two And it's Nick Zabo and Len Sassaman. Those are the two I think are the most likely candidates for being Satoshi. And I lean a little bit more towards Zabo, but I think Sassaman had a very big impact on it as well.
0: Well, I don't know. What about you? You don't know those two? If I had to guess and it might be a bit of a copy out because you know he gets praised for everything, but like I actually thought for a while it might have been Elon Musk just for the fact of like the him with paper you know yeah is he's, he's obviously got some sort of code and knowledge to be able to do the things that he's done and um you know like a lot of people like find it hard just to even categorize him like is he is he a coder is he you know, is he a scientist or an engineer or like what what actually is he or is he just a really good businessman that knows how to get people in that know what they're doing? So then he can sort of take credit.
1: He I I am not like a biographer of Musk, but I do read a lot about him because he's obviously extraordinarily successful. Um, and I do I do think the guy has the most passion out of anybody that i i've ever read about or or learned about he just he's focused and 8 years ago the guy knew nothing about rockets and he spent 7 years just learning everything he possibly could about rockets and now he's an expert at, at rockets that that dedication that passion that is is what i would hope that people who do have their own passions would go after him as voraciously as he went after his. LaRue that, you know, that's, that's another really good one. That's there's like, like six or seven uh, that you could, you could easily point to and come up with a very good argument as to why they are. I, I think though that Elon, I, I think whatever it is that, that feeds his passion he would be an expert at and he would be successful at it and i think the problem is is i don't think he's any any smarter than you or me i think he just he takes his passion and he's able to learn if you if you're passionate enough about something you're going to learn about it
0: well you know like he's definitely smarter than me you might be equivalent to yourself i'll make that statement i'm I'm sitting here trying to work out if like the program that you download for bitcoin to be able to mine it's a program or if it's software so that's how fucking stupid i am when it comes down to blockchain
1: (laughs) glitch glitch you are not stupid by any any stretch of the means look so all of this stuff that that's out there it just takes a little bit of teaching yourself how to learn and where to go and what information that you listen to because you can be biased, right? If you get if you get all of your if you want to be a politician and be a, the best politician you can, and you learn your politics from a liberal, where do you think you're gonna you're gonna end up? Versus if you learn it from a conservative, you're gonna learn something completely different. Being able to to take yourself and be able to learn something from both. And then find some kind of a happy medium where you can get the rest of the fill in information you make your own choice, and then you go learn more about what that choice is and And most people don't realize that that's that's learning you have to learn how to learn and if you just take everybody's advice at face value, all you're doing is mimicking what they're doing you You have to take that critical thought you have to put that critical thought in your head. Come up with um, your own thoughts and then find something to support that. And it takes guts, too. And I'm telling you, you have some guts because you're not afraid to stand up for what you believe in. And that is a huge, huge part of the learning process. Dig your heels into what you believe in and run with it. And if it makes you happy, do it. As long as you're not hurting anybody else. I think that's wonderful. Keep doing well, what you are doing. I've told you that for for the last year and a half, man.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll, thanks for the compliments and um, also the what would you say, the wisdoms that you give me anyway, man. But it's um like we don't like I get what you're saying, but it doesn't feel like we live in that sort of world anymore because we live in a in a culture you now that's everyone being insulted all the time over everything. So even if you do sort of like try to live within your means and be true to yourself. Like there's always someone that's going to get pissed off about it.
1: Well, it's how you react to that. That's really where it comes from. So you can react with, with anger or violence or whatever, when it's not even necessary, let them, let them live their life. Let them be miserable. You can tell them and just, you say, look, I'm sorry if that bothers you. I, I, I said what I said and I'm sorry for for bothering you but that's the way that I feel. You know, and they it's it's always a one-way acceptance and and part of what society's gotten away from I think is the two-way acceptance that you and I can have different views on something, we can disagree about them, but we're both going to continue on our path and we can still be friends about it. Whereas today's day and age, the the, the the offensive and and the butt hurt and all of that comes with control, right? People want control because they realize the minute they raise their hand and say, I'm offended, they suddenly have all the power. And these are a lot of people who have never had power before. They don't know how to use that power for the right reasons and, the, and in the right ways. So. What they'll end up doing then is misusing that. And then they realize that whenever they want to get their way or whenever they want to make somebody else feel a certain way, they'll pull out that I'm offended card. I don't try to go out to offend people. And I say really stupid things sometimes because I speak my mind. I named my company that I started Unleash Reality for a reason. And that reason is is because I'm tired of exactly what you're talking about. I'm going to unleash my reality of of what I feel, what I believe. And you can choose to accept that or not accept it. Either way, I'm I'm going to continue to do it. And I'm going to be happy with it. And I'm I'm comfortable with that. And I'm not going to dilly-dally or or dance around any kind of issue just because somebody has a problem with it and I think that as society continues to evolve with what's going on in the world over the last couple of years people are waking up to the fact that all of this this offended stuff is is not not taking us where we need to go and more and more people are becoming less afraid to stand up for themselves and I think that's wonderful
0: Yeah, I've definitely seen like a a tide change on social media. Like, I mostly use Twitter. I can't deal with Facebook. Facebook's just like a I don't know. Like, everyone's just sort of saying the same thing. Like, it's echo chamber. It's almost like a big group thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, everyone has the same opinions. Everyone repeats the same shit they say on the TV. Like, it's something that I've noticed. Like, over the last ten years, probably like a. I haven't really been that interested in politics or anything like for any longer than that. But people seem to just idolize, you know, these politicians. And it's no different with, um, with crypto itself. Like people idolize Vitalik, they idolize Charles, they idolize Eric and all the rest of them. It's just like, you know, at the end of the day, these people are just people. They're not. But I think it's like a celebrity culture. Like, I don't want anyone to idolise me. I'm just some dipshit that talks on the internet and, you know, like the only reason that I've made this podcast is to reach out and talk to people that I actually enjoy consuming their content. So, like it, like I say it all the time, like even on your podcast you just done with like Wendy and stuff like that, you know, like if she does something that's a little bit out of place or like even um, BitBoy, you know, like they mm-hmm. get into these projects, they shill it, and then they sort of dump it on the community. And it's like, when the fuck are you going to learn to stop idolizing anyone? Make your own thoughts and have your own opinions. And
1: <laughs> it 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 is. And and I I wanted so badly to be uh to say a few words on on Jesse's uh, seed starter uh, spaces, but I, unfortunately, I was at my day job and i was driving home i had to pick up my son from football i finally hit the speaker button like 10 minutes before it was over and of course i didn't have a chance but there there are a lot of really good people out there who want to do things the right way and i left that comment on the on the comment section of that that spaces you're looking everybody that was there everybody that was a speaker especially there are people who are trying to do it the right way in this space. And they're not going to be perfect. They're going to screw up here and there, right? Everybody does. We're humans. That's what happens. But they're they're trying to do things the right way. They're, they're trying to look out. You have Jesse who's trying to get everything registered correctly and, and turn crypto into a positive thing from an SEC standpoint and help small businesses who are trying to get started in crypto. You have Nate, who is putting together the Gala Collective, who's going to take and try and bring in the players, not for his own gain. He's not doing it to try and make a million dollars. He's mm-hmm. doing it because he loves gaming, and he knows that this space right now isn't geared for the, the gamer. It's geared towards these companies trying to make this money. He wants to give the ability for anybody to come and play these games. And you have Simon, uh, who does uh, Audicity and he's doing the security for this space. He's going to be auditing people and projects and helping people make decisions with their research on is this a, a good place to go and, and buy some of their their project or be involved in this kind of stuff. This is fantastic. The, I I guess to kind of contradict a very long-winded version of, of Contra... Uh, contradicting just a little bit about what you said i do idolize people like that i mean not to that level like you see some of these people idolizing but i have a a, i wouldn't call it idolization i would call it more just massive respect because they're they're doing things the right way and they're thinking of of somebody besides themselves when they go and they build these these projects timbo's the same way right he's the, the guy's a, a professional baseball player, and he still finds time to build this epic platform for people, and he makes it fun. He has all the energy in the world, when he probably doesn't some days, but he comes in with his hair on fire, gets mm-hmm. people fired up to be a part of this stuff. Massive respect for all of that kind of stuff.
0: Well, I think that's where you got it just there, man. Like, you can, like have respect for people, just don't idolize them, you know what I mean? Like, if you've got, like, say, people that really follow um, Donald Trump, and um, forgive me if I don't know the right terminologies, but um, by (laughs) memory they're called Republicans. But you've got Republicans out there that will talk about Trump and how great he is, and then you'll have people that literally, now drink a cup of water like this with two hands because that's what Trump done on stream. Yeah. Like, and that's fucking nuts.
1: Well, you know, I, I, I kind of poked a little bit of fun at Wendy. I mean I love a lot of what she does. There's some things that I don't love so much. But I I, I could I tried watching her like a little over a year ago and I couldn't even watch her cast. It it I would be immediately annoyed. Um and With her, I wouldn't actually call it a rebrand. I would call it a different type of show that she created. I'll watch that one on occasion. I can't watch all of them because she gets a little bit crazy on some of them. plays too much of the entertainment game instead of putting out good content, in my opinion. But some of that stuff that she talks about, I love that she calls out these, these idiots that don't know what they're talking about. And they're trying to legislate. Uh, in in the crypto space and so I love hearing that stuff and it gives me excuse me great great things to go and look at and to research um, crypto Erie, who's who's part of Jesse's project as well she's been a podcaster forever um, her content is fantastic but I can only listen to her for so long because she has a monotone voice and that drives me nuts. I love her content, but i I don't like the the monotone, <laughs> but you can pull information out of that and and learn something i i I listen to casts where I'm gonna pull something out of it and use it. I have over here I took this out today. I take notes at work because i I put my ear earbuds in at work. And I'll do my work all day long, and I'll listen to all kinds of different podcasts. And I pull little nuggets of information out, and I'll write them down, and I bring them in here. And I have, I have all these note cards where I write down these little blurbs of information. And I'll take that information, and I'll try and turn it into something positive, either for a cast Or for a post or for some way that I want to approach a different thing, because just like you were saying earlier, when people listen, they they want to be inspired for listening. And if I can give one nugget back to the community or I can help protect the community that I'm I'm a part of by maybe calling something out or by giving some advice or or an opinion to me, that's that's what I want to do. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm um, an idiot with a microphone talking to the world. I, I want to impact somebody positively, even though sometimes, well, a lot of the time, I'm calling out the bullshit because of the idolization. People are just going to go along with whatever anybody says sometimes. And I want to be the guy that's there to say, hey, wait a minute. Think of this in a different way. Let's look at this from both sides, not just one way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, going back to what you are saying with Wendy on stuff, like I've spoken to her on a podcast before. She seems really nice. Like, I think it's, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm a conspiracy person, but
1: you yes. Know, like,
0: I, when I look at Twitter and I look at the influencers, I, I feel like a lot of them, it's almost like watching mainstream media. Where they they mm-hmm. all have the same talking point, or they're all pumping the same bags. Like I don't know if that's because you have these companies that reach out to the influencers, and you know they give them a white paper or whatever, and they read it and they're like, oh, this is really good, and maybe they've hit like ten or twelve at the same time, or maybe twenty or thirty, and then you know one day you jump on Twitter and everyone's talking about the same project, you know. But it like, it is weird. I'd say with Wendy, oh, like she's definitely got a talent. She's got the gift of the gab. And she's mm-hmm. also got a talent as well of being able to keep people engaged. Like, you know, like she does this thing where she's constantly going like this when she's talking, doing her shorts and stuff. Right. And if you if you look at like a to be able to keep people's attention now that we live in the the reality of TikTok and shorts and all the rest of the stuff, like it's all about keeping engagement. So she's really good at engagement farming. The people that I see that she communicates with. Like, I don't go much on them. I wonder sometimes, like, you know, like, why does she talk to BitBoy? You know, but at the end of the day, man, like, they all go to these events and all the rest of it together. So I guess they're always going to run into each other.
1: Well, there's there's a certain – you you've got to remember, just like, like you and I have here, there's a certain level of, of trust that's there, right? BitBoy might be – when she was hanging with Armstrong, you know, they – They were kind of like oil and water and they have different philosophies, but they know they can trust each other. Just like, you know, you and I, I feel very comfortable having conversations with you. And there's a lot of people that I might not feel comfortable having conversations with. And especially when you're that high profile, you do tend to gravitate towards those people who you know you have a better chance of not running into problems with later. And I think a lot of that does happen. You can watch when a lot of them uh, jump the shark. Do you know that term?
0: No, I haven't heard that one.
1: All right, so so there's a an American term called jumping the shark, and that's when things go completely sideways. And where that comes from is there was a TV show back in the 1970s called Happy Days. And there was a character who, it was set in 1950s, is this show. And it was these high schoolers who were growing up, and there was the adultish, kind of younger, just got out of high school, mentor to all these other kids called Arthur Fonzarelli, and they called him the Fonz. And it was a great show for kids my age growing up. And the show ran on too long. And they started running out of things because they're out of high school now, right? And so in one episode, uh, the Fonz in his leather jacket, his signature leather jacket, uh, gets called out by this bully. And he goes out in this lake and he water skis and jumps over a pit of sharks. And everybody at that point went. This show has now turned into a big pile of steaming shit. So <laughs> whenever something turns into a big steaming pile of shit, you say it jumped the shark. And so there's, you can tell when influencers do that. I was never a fan. I she always rubbed me the wrong way. If this there's a one of the big Bitcoin women is uh, Leah Helipern. Mm-hmm. and they I, I never. Yeah, I never liked her to begin with, but it just kept getting worse over time. And just recently, she puts out this this secret secret club that she puts out. And in this is a bunch of shit coins that she's like shilling to these people. And I'm going you're you're Bitcoin only forever, calling people names for not understanding uh, Bitcoin only, and now you're shilling shitcoins. So the, I think the money and the fame got to her a little bit, and when 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 you get to that point and you jump the shark like that. You, you gotta you gotta take that step back, and I'm I'm hoping those people that that we're idolizing her can can finally maybe look at it and go, you know what, something's not right here.
0: Well, I've seen her on a couple of um, like mainstream media sort of shorts and stuff. I can't remember who she spoke to, but what's the, um, the guy that's like in the gold? Is it Peter Schiff? Yeah, Schiff's in the gold, yeah. Yeah, so she had a conversation with Schiff, and he's like, she goes, you know, you've got gold. Someone can walk in the door and just take your gold. And he goes, yeah, well, you've got like a Bitcoin wallet. Someone could just go and take your wallet. And she goes, I don't have a wallet. And he goes, well, how are you storing it then? She goes, in my head. So <laughs> she pretty much said that. She remembers the whole seed phrase. Right. Which could be a possibility. Like, I don't know, maybe she she has that great of a memory. But, um, yeah, I was just like, yeah, that's a bit of a copy out. Like, if you really think you're going to remember that whole seed phrase. And then he goes, oh, well, what happens if you can't remember it? And she goes, well, I have backup plans.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so so it, it's not that tough if it's just a 12-word. The easiest way to remember things is to make a song out of it. And you sing the song to yourself, um, and that helps you remember things way better than just trying to memorize 12 words. So, yeah, make, uh, they taught us that when we were kids. So a lot of the education we got as kids they don't teach that stuff anymore and those are powerful powerful things that help you remember things so i i don't doubt she could keep that in her head what i would be afraid of though is if she doesn't continually remind herself of that it will eventually degrade and go away
0: yeah well i remember that's how i learned times tables was was with songs
1: (laughs) (laughs) they do this now and and I have to take that back because my kids learned the Capitol song, and, and I never learned that as a kid. They teach the kids all 50 uh, state capitals in America, and they do it with this song. And people started singing this song, and I'm like, what in the hell is this? I never learned this. We just had to sit there and learn it.
0: Well, did you know in Australia, I've got an 8-year-old son, and he's going to public school but the the public school systems actually remove times tables from the curriculum.
1: We had some really goofy math that was going around here for a while, and they finally got rid of it. But, yeah, that was I, – I totally understand what you're saying. And it's really dumb because those basics are going to set a foundation with those children for the rest of their lives. You need to know how to do that stuff.
0: Yeah, well, I think they've replaced it with – um feelings development or something like that where he essentially goes into a hole and then he puts his feelings into an imaginary bucket. And then that's about as much as I've got from it so far, but I'm actually thinking about um, putting in a complaint. <laughs> oh,
1: my, my poor wife, my poor wife, my poor wife. Um, I, I am that guy at the school. Uh, I went off. On our school system when they sent home, they were sending home these, uh, like they had a take-home folder, right? And so you'd open it up, it was uh, for the parents, and the parents had to initial it and all that kind of stuff when they were, I think this went on until like fifth grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. And they started putting these flyers in there for the Christian group that would meet after school. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that ain't right. And so, of course, I had to, to push the envelope. I'm the guy. I, I called and I said, listen. I said, how come I only see Christian ones in there? You're telling me that, that there's no Muslims in there? You're telling me there's no Jewish kids in there? You're t- well, no, this is the one we do. And mm-hmm. I said, hold my beer. And I went up there. <laughs> I went up there with that and I said you have a choice you can either stop putting these in these folders for these kids or you're going to get a call from an attorney because this is not right if you want to do it see I'm I'm the same way with my kids here's my rule for my kids I'm atheist myself I don't believe in any of that stuff okay but because of that that libertarian background that I have Everybody's entitled to do what makes them happy. Right. So I tell my kids, you want to learn about Christianity. That's fantastic. You can do that. But if you want to start going to a Christian service on Sundays, you've also got to pick two other religions and study it. And you have to go to the equal number of those services so that you learn about all of these different religions. And I said, if you go to three, four religions and you do it over time and you pick one and you say, Dad, I'm totally into this. This is what I believe in. I said, I will personally myself drive you to that service every single week. But that's the I believe in the choice. You want to do something, do it. If it makes you feel good, great. You want to be a, a, a Christian or a Catholic or whatever, great. That's fantastic. Don't push it on me. Don't push it on anybody else. Let them let them discover it for themselves. If that's what they want to do, they'll do it. And so I, I've, I've got a reputation, and thankfully uh, this year my daughter, who's the youngest, went to middle school. So we're out of the elementary school. So my wife is very very happy because she's not afraid to go take the kids to school again. Uh and getting pointed at saying that's the wife of the the asshole who comes in here and gives us crap all the time. I fight for that education because they're they're teaching them shit nowadays. And all they're doing is setting these kids up to be obedient workers. Mm-hmm. And that's not what an education should be. They need to teach them things.
0: Yeah. Well what what do they say? I don't know if it's a quote or something, but it's in my head when you're just talking about it. But they say, um, smart enough to pack cans and boxes, but not smart enough to ask questions.
1: Yeah, uh one of my heroes uh in life is George Carlin. I love George Carlin to death. Uh what he says makes total sense to me. And and he has a very similar um moniker that he used which was just smart enough to run the machines but just dumb enough to not realize how badly they're getting fucked over (laughs) so unfortunately that's where they're at they need workers right They, they need to keep you in debt they need to keep you enslaved they need to keep you in line because if if you are smart enough to realize just like carlin said how badly you're getting screwed in life you're not going to stay here. You're going to go somewhere else where it's better.
0: Yeah. Well, you're not wrong, man. Like, I've, I've said to my wife many times, like, if it wasn't for the social aspect, like, aspect of school, like, he just wouldn't be gone.
1: I know a lot of people who do a lot of homeschooling now. Um my wife was a stay-at-home wife for a great majority of my, my kids growing up, and we did that on purpose, and we sacrificed um, a lot in order for that to happen. Then once they got into school and they were they're getting more autonomous, <clears throat> she got bored. Because they were at school all day, and she's like, well, I've always wanted to work with animals. You know, maybe I sh- can I go work for for some animal hospital or something? I said, yeah, knock yourself out if that's what you want to do. Do it to the best of your ability, and she loves it. She loves her job more than anything. They pay her like shit, and I keep telling her, you got to get more money out of these people because this is ridiculous what they're getting you for, and she- but she loves it. So it doesn't bother her that she doesn't make that much money. But we did that on purpose so that we, we would raise our kids with a good foundation. I think these, what do they call them, helicopter parents or something, where they everybody's just gone all the time and the nanny ends up raising. I mean, I didn't have kids to have somebody else raise them for me. I want to raise those kids.
0: And I well, want
1: to instill this stuff in them.
0: I think the helicopter parents might be the opposite of what you said. I think helicopter parents is like a little helicopter next to their head all the time going. Oh, to is it? Dig. But maybe I'm wrong.
1: I, I'm probably wrong. I, I I've only heard the term in passing a few times, but I I can't I can't stand parents who do that and just let other people raise their kids like that. It's like what's what's the point of having kids if you're not going to to give them the foundation that they need to be successful human beings at some point. That's, that's the whole goal. You want your kids to do better than you did and, and achieve their dreams like, like you had a shot to do, you know? And I, I just, I, I want to, I want to be there and I want to fight for them as long as I can to, to give them the best possible, um, Ability to have options. That's what what I teach them is always have options. There's always one, two or three uh, or two, three or four options that you have. Don't pigeon yourself into having only one option. You know, And I said with college and stuff like that, if you're going to specialize in something, I'll do whatever it takes to help you get through that college. But if you're just going to go to say that you went and get some stupid liberal arts degree or something that's not going to give you an education on anything, no, I'm sorry, I'm not going to pay for it. You know, my middle... He wants he's he's big into the whole Elon Musk thing. He wants to go out and create all these companies. He has <laughs> magnificent ideas. And and so I encourage that. My oldest big into the sports. He wants to get a scholarship and he wants to do like sports medicine or something like that to be involved in the sports. So, I'm trying to push them and and get them the education they need that'll help them specialize in what they really want to do with their lives.
0: Yeah. Well, I want to make a comment about a couple of the – I might actually read out some of the comments that have been made. Sure. So People don't feel like they're being ignored because I'm used to not doing the live at all. So.
1: Well, and it's my fault too because I'm a rambler. <laughs> I, get,
0: I, I, get, I get talking and I don't shut up. so shitcoin sherpa said that's why i usually compare crypto to religion the founders generally take takes on a messiah aspects so that's going back to what we were talking about before yep. people was and everyone in the space mm-hmm. um, evan wave said it blows my mind that corporations and governments have billions of dollars invested into something that we have no idea who made it when i read that i was actually thinking about cancer research like i think I read the other day that it's been like a hundred years of different cancer research companies that have been taking donations but yet we still don't have a cure for cancer. So
1: I know. I know. And it's it's disgusting because I, I think I think there are ways to solve that and they continue to push these traditional treatments and those are worse for you than the actual cancer in a lot of the cases.
0: Yeah, well, actually, we've both had cancer. Right. So I, I had mine at 29. And um, like, if everyone's expecting just a big crypto talk when they jump into these live videos <laughs> I'm doing now, <laughs> don't expect it because, to be honest, the bear market is boring as shit, and that's what we're in now. There's that many people covering all the different gala-related activities of lawsuits and all the rest of it, and I just really can't be bothered, and I don't have the knowledge to get into it all. So we're going to talk about cancer, aren't we? So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I love these
1: these formats as well. And plus, I just love sitting here talking to you. I do want to make one comment before you get started, though, yeah. uh, to Mr. Sherpa, uh, because of you, I started following him on Twitter and it is it is interesting. I look forward to his posts. He is all over the place and nowhere all at the same time. And I, I love it. So, Sherpa, keep it up, man.
0: <laughs> well, uh, occasionally, like I'll add to that, like we'll have a call on Discord or something like that. And we'll start, it's pretty much the same as this podcast. We'll start in this place. And then, somewhere, you know, <laughs> we're talking about refugees or something like that. Like, I'm pretty scattered with the way that I talk, and I find it hard to focus on just one thing. And I think that, um, shitcoin Sherpa is the same. But the yep. thing that I love about him is that he's unapologetic and he says exactly what he thinks. And
1: Absolutely. You know,
0: and if you get onto his posts and you try arguing with him, like he'll actually think out yeah, what you're saying and if it's got merit, well he'll be like, actually I think you're right, you know? <laughs> <Good fault. laughs> right. Which I think's a good quality in today's era. But going back to the exciting topic of cancer. Woohoo. <laughs> When when I had it at 29, and I was lucky because it was um, it was testicular cancer, so I only had to have one removed. But I remember sitting with my um, the surgeon/slash specialist or whatever you want to call him, and um, like he pretty much said, "Look, I've got to tell you that you've got to get a mega dose of chemo. We think that it will pretty pretty much sort it out just through surgical. But I have to say that we recommend that." And I said to him, "I said, well, you know, you've worded that." in a way that's making me question if I really need that mega dose of chemotherapy. And I said, what would you do? And he goes, look, I'll put it this way. He goes, I can't really say too much, but if you're my brother, I'd tell you not to get it. So I went and had the procedure. I'd done all the rest of it. Turned out that it was a slow growing cancer. It didn't go up through the lymph nodes or any of that sort of stuff, which I was Mm -hmm. fortunate. And um, yeah, I think it's like, I won't try to give my exact age, but I'll just say that it's five years post-cancer and I still Mm -hmm. get the scans and it's all good. But, you know, like chemotherapy and stuff like that, like the thing that I found that was like interesting is that chemotherapy can promote different cancers as well. And if you look at like the CT scans, like they radiate you and when you've got cancer, you've got to get a CT like every three months for like 12 months. And every time you're sitting down on that bed, they're shooting radiation into your body, which can also promote cancer. So it's almost like nearly all the treatments mm-hmm. to cure cancer are actually also promote it.
1: Well, with with chemotherapy, really, what 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 chemotherapy in its in its most basic sense is is it's a DNA chain terminator, okay? And what they determined uh, so far is that. The, the reason you age and the reason you end up dying and the reason you end up getting cancer is you, your cells have a life cycle and it goes anywhere from five to seven years and then it replicates it, it completely changes. So uh, your, your cells completely are brand new every seven ish years, let's say to make it simple. Right. And what happens is, is that after like 10 or 12 cycles of that, they, they mutate. They're no good at, at regenerating themselves, which is where you get these wild little things. And so when you have people uh, as I'm over here vaping, right? I was a heavy smoker, you know, years before that when you introduce things like, like cigarettes and into your lungs, the, that lung tissue, instead of replicating itself every seven years, you're damaging it, so it's replicating itself every four years. Mm-hmm. So you only get 12 cycles. So by age 50, you're looking at a very high incidence of, of being contracting that cancer, right, which is just a, a cell that is mutated into its new form in a, in a bad way. So what, what chemotherapy does is it terminates that DNA chain. Instead of waiting seven years, it terminates it immediately. So in, in essence, when you get chemotherapy, you're aging yourself seven years, which is why when you see people on chemotherapy, they suddenly look way older than they did previously. And so I, I, think, I think in some cases it, it may be a last resort but I I don't think it should be a frontline treatment, no, because it's going to ultimately, as you say, do more damage. You know, that's like if you have a spider in your house and you tent the whole house and set off a bug bomb in there just to kill one spider. I I think I think they can do better with all the money they've raised, all the smart scientists, all the smart people out there. I, I'm not buying that they they don't have a better way of doing this.
0: Yeah, well, you've got all these, you know, chronic illnesses and stuff like that. But when it comes down to, you know, like, I'm not going to say the word because they'll probably get monetized. But when it comes down to the things that we've gone over for the last three years, you know, Mm -hmm. we can apparently get all the different things for that to be able to Mm treat it within a short period of time. But yet we can put millions and billions of dollars into cancer research and get nothing.
1: Well, right. you got to follow the money on that, right? So remember, just like with, with the, the thing we were just talking about and cancer and all these other things, these scientists don't get funding if they don't agree with the person who's funding them. So, whatever the narrative, crypto view, uh, <laughs> whatever, whatever the narrative of the person giving the money is, is what the science is going to show. And I we should not in twenty twenty three we should not be there. But unfortunately we are.
0: Yeah, you're not wrong. So since CryptoView brought up XRP, what do you think's gonna happen with all that? Now that this all the sex stuff's finished, do you think it's gonna be, you know, a big bull run in the near future? Like if we go into a bull market, do you think XRP will be one of the best performing assets or What's your opinion? There? I, I, I don't think until
1: there, the utility has been, been determined and used for a while that it that it will, and and I compare that to the token uh, V chain V E T. V E T has a ton of utility right now. There is several large retail groups that use uh v chain to track their inventories to track you know like the the products being made in one country and transported to another and sold they can track that that utility has been there for three years now and it's just starting to get some traction so i do think very long term xrp has a has a great uh chance at becoming a, a very very useful very very valuable token OK, but it has to be used as it's intended, which is as that back channel for the the institutional assets and resources to move to be sort of like a banking type of token. If it goes that route and if it's used and if it's used correctly and if it's used for a long enough period of time, I think CryptoView's moonshot will absolutely come to fruition.
0: So like, I don't know how much you're into it, and I'm not really, like, a big advocate for XRP at all, to say the least. But, like, I I look at a lot of stuff on Twitter in relation to XRP, and I know that they um, were talking about having the ledger used, or the technology that XRP has for the CBCDs. Is that correct? I can't remember the acronym for it. Uh,
1: CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency. Yes, so it there's rumors of it and there's fake news. I ended up posting one of the fake newses on uh Faz Radio the one day and and I think it was CryptoView who jumped on immediately. He's like that's fake. And I'm like, "Oh, whoops." You know, you don't know. It's hard to tell from a lot of these news sources, but um I I do think I do think that using the ledger for something like that would be fantastic. It doesn't have to be pigeonholed into one thing. As long as there's a use for it, I think that that it can go somewhere. And if it's done responsibly, any chain, if it's done responsibly and the greed gets pulled out of it and it's as decentralized as humanly possible, those are going to be the success markers. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> punjab <laughs> can sell it, sell it for Bitcoin? Yes, you can. So I uh, I I want to get uh, that reminds me we we got to get CryptoView on to walk us through the the Zoom wallet because I've been playing with that, and I'll tell you. So the other part of this, and and this is going right on that XRP line, that um, it has to be easy for people to do. Right. The more complicated something is, the less um, adoption there's going to be. And I'll I'll quote George Carlin again. And he said when he when he talks about people, he says people are stupid. He -hmm. goes, you have to realize that people are stupid. He goes, think of the stupidest person that, you know, and realize that half of America is twice as stupid as that person. He goes that's how you have to look at it. And that's the fault of the education but we've already been there. But like things like a tool that you can have a tool like Zoom wallet which makes it incredibly easy. Trust wallet. My kid uses Trust wallet. My kid made a ton of money in crypto already. And it's easy to use. It's it's user friendly. Those are going to be the things that are going to help adoption as well.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it's ever going to be truly adopted. I really don't know because, like, the annoying part about crypto is seeing, like, how other governments manage it all. Like, how many times has, like, China banned it and then unbanned it? Like, do they just ban it so then the government can buy a big stack for themselves and then wait for the price to go up? Like, it's just such an unknown. And if they come out with these government-backed cryptocurrencies, like, I can't see them using something like XRP or anything else. Because the banks have that much money, why, why wouldn't they just create their own?
1: So they do, and, and they don't want to lose the monopoly on the money because the money is what controls everybody, right? If you're not chasing their money, they have no power over you. And so that's why there's that big push for these CBDCs, because it's programmable money. If you don't do exactly as we say, we're just going to shut your money off. You won't get paid. Or if you already got paid, even if it's in your wallet or your bank, we're going to freeze it. If we don't want you buying uh, meat because we think that it's going to cause global warming, well, you get an allocation. You can't spend the money in this wallet on meat. You can only get a certain amount of it. So I think the adoption is going to be a 100% digital one way or another which digital currencies or currencies will be the determining factor. And I'm really hoping it's going to be something along the lines of Bitcoin that is 98% decentralized, and we can just go about that. But they're going to fight it all the way. The more decentralized something is, the harder they're going to fight it, which is why they went after XRP in the first place.
0: Yeah. Punjab said, um, "I'll flick it up on the screen." Yes, Titan, but they are overstepping rights by trying to take control of better products, CBDCs. Mm-hmm. They're
1: they're going to try and sell that, and unfortunately, a lot of people who don't understand them are going to think they're fantastic and they're going to want them because it's going to make their life easier. And of course, the government's going to give you free CBDCs because that's what we're switching to. We're going to give you fifteen hundred dollars. It's going to be people take free money all day long, right? Until they realize later on that it was a really big mistake. And the political machines and the, the mainstream media machines will set the narrative. When you see it being repeated by multiple people and on multiple news sources, it's pretty much guaranteed that it's a pile of shit for you. So I uh, will I'll give you another example of a big pile of shit that they they can conveniently made it sound like it was the best thing in the world for you which is a 401k. All right? A 401k is a retirement program. And what it is is you save your money for retirement, you can't touch it until you're at least 59 and a half years old. And a lot of companies will match a certain percentage of whatever you contribute to it, they'll add it to it, you know, to, to help you get more money. And you, you hold this all until you're 59 and a half, and then you can take it out. You're not, you don't pay tax on any money you put in there. There's limits. It's like 24,000 that you can put in there per year. You don't get taxed on that. You can write it off of your taxes and you think this is great. And then once you're 59 and a half, you take it out, you're taxed. On as ordinary income on it, and you think, Oh, whoa, this is a tax deferral program. This is fantastic, and everybody loves this, and they stuff tons of money in there. The reason the government created that is twofold number one, because they didn't, they knew Social Security and other programs that were there weren't going to be enough, so they had to do something. Well, they weren't going to pay for it, so they're going to make you pay for it for yourself. Second, they need a revenue stream from you after you retire from working because when you're not working any longer you need to be able to pay taxes and spend your money and they got to be able to tax you now what happens when you're when you're generally 60 years old right your kids are gone you don't get them as a tax write off your house is most likely paid for so you don't get that deduction and what it does is if you pull out too much of it It'll actually reduce your Social Security, what they owe you for your Social Security. So they want you to stuff as much money in there as possible so that they can get ordinary income from you and they can get... reduction in their social security and they sold it though as you're going to take care of this this is you're going to have so much money and you get a tax break today and everybody goes oh oh, that's that's perfect that's exactly what i wanted thank you so much you're so helpful they don't realize they're going to get screwed on the back end of that so you whatever the whatever sounds too good to be true probably is we've all heard that adage you got to think it through. You've got to plan. You've got to. You've got to strategize. Why don't CEOs take a salary? They sell it. They market it to you. As look at look at Jeff Bezos. He's he's for the working man. He doesn't take a salary. He uh, he gets no salary. Uh So that the workers can can get that money. And everybody thinks Jeff Bezos is fantastic because of that. Jeff Bezos does that because he gets paid in stock options. And those stock options, the highest tax he will pay on that is roughly 28%. But there's ways around that. If he were to get $2 million of income or $10 million of income, he'd pay 47%. So he doesn't want a salary. He doesn't want that. What he wants is he wants that lower tax rate. So he takes that, but they sell it to you as he's such a good person for what he does.
0: Yeah. That's,
1: you got to see through the bullshit, man.
0: <laughs> I was saying a tweet, I think it was yesterday or today, and it was from Joe Biden, and he was talking about a 25% flat tax for billionaires. And I was thinking about how Elon Musk does it because... You know, like most of his net worth actually in the stocks of his own company, and then getting mm-hmm. dividends and all the rest of it is income. And then he goes to the bank and gets a loan against the assets yep. that he owns. So he's essentially, you know, he's rich in debt. So he's got money on paper, but he's never, he's not cashing it out. So you can't tax it. You know, loans aren't taxable. That's what the rich people do is
1: they, they buy all this real estate, they buy these companies, they make these investments, and then they take those assets and go to the bank and get a loan so they get the money for it, but they don't have to pay tax on it. And the worst thing that happens is that they end up losing their asset and they'll owe some taxes, but not nearly as much as they would owe had they just you know taken an income stream from that. Leverage and and the rich have ways of doing that. You can do that, too, on a smaller scale for yourself. As a business owner, I recommend that everybody get a business, whether you're a business person or not, because there's tax shelters in those businesses. And you can, as long as you play by the rules, remember, they wrote the rules. So as long as you follow those rules, you'll be okay.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't want to get into how I run my business, but this is interesting to me, right? So... If you set up as a sole trader, so essentially the business is under your actual name, mm-hmm. like you're paying generalised income tax, no different than working for somebody else on a high payroll. Mm-hmm. But if you turn that business, that's a sole trader into a company, the company's got a 25% flat tax.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: if I, if you make yourself the CEO of the company and then you need the house, well, that's a business expense. So you don't actually own it yourself, but the company does. You put yourself on a shitty ass wage for like three, four hundred bucks a week. You're not paying bugger all on income tax. And then, if you need a car, well, the car would be owned by the company as well. So, all the liabilities through the company. And even if you get sued, you're protected by the company because they've got to sue them instead of you. Right. And then it's just like there's no point in doing it any other way. It's actually better to have yourself individually not making much money at all. But you're raping all the rewards from running the company.
1: hmm And as long as you play by the rules, there's nothing they can do about it. And I think that's fantastic. Nobody wants to pay more than they have to. And if if other people, they're the ones that write the rules. It's not like we're writing the rules to our advantage. They're writing the rules. Well, yeah. As long as you you do a business, you conduct business on your vacation, you can write a lot of it off. We, we sat and we did, like, my whole trip that I, I made to FAZ. We turned into a business trip. FAZ and I had discussions about FAZ Radio. We went and did a FAZ Radio show. So I can write that off as, as a business expense. Um, <laughs> you know, and because and, we did. We conducted business the whole time that I was there. so and, and it's in my log. I keep a log of all that stuff, exactly what we did. So it, it, it gives you the ability... To to maximize what should have been all yours in the first place, which is all of your money. You've got to find the ways to do that. and You've got to find the people that can point you in the right direction so that you can take advantage of everything you can take advantage of. Otherwise, why do it right I mean, if you're gonna create a career an income stream for yourself, you have to maximize that. Don't leave money on the table we know we know Eric doesn't right, so why would we leave money on the table either?
0: Yeah, well, let's not get into that one i know, i was <laughs> I was
1: just throwing a i was just throwing a little zinger in there for the hell of it <laughs> yeah.
0: like i I can't even understand all that man like it's. Like I deal with a lot of um lawyers and accountants with the stuff that I do, and like I'll talk to my accountant, and he showed me his um like the amount of trusts that he has. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I know that the laws are different, but like his trust system's like a spider web. There's probably like a hundred trusts underneath his company,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he's like, "This is how you've got to set up," and I'm like, "Fuck! Like I can't! Like it's going to take me a long time just to be a, <laughs> to even understand this." And right. happening, you know what i mean but we're coming up to NER 20 anyway man and i'm sure i don't know what time it is at yours but i'm sure you don't want to be talking to me all night
1: quarter after 12 at night here it's friday night i really don't care i love every conversation <laughs> i get to have with you man
0: well we've got i'll read another one yeah so mi said xrp utility is there. issue i hear is that ripple still holds a ton and can sell it depreciating price i'm guessing but um you know that's that was always my hang up of xrp was that if you had like the government or these banks that wanted to adopt the currency why would you adopt something that you know ripple labs the company owns majority share in like 50 percent or 51 percent.
1: people and companies should not be worrying about what other companies are profiting or not profiting on they should be looking at themselves and how they can maximize the use of a tool that's already there and if nothing else they can learn from ripple or whatever company is out there how they're doing in that and eventually they can launch their own if they if they put the work in to, to learn how to do it for themselves they can do it for themselves but there has to be a demand from somebody else in order to make it work and so that's where you run into these cycles, this cyclical game of chicken where XRP may not get the adoption it needs because of the 50% of Ripple because people are afraid of it. So that holds it back, right? And there's nothing you can do to make Ripple sell off what they have. They're going to they're gonna keep holding it until it's worthless. If nobody uses it, then it's not going to be worth anything. So there, there's where the balance comes in. And they have to figure out a way, and it has to be a natural thing. It's hard to force those things.
0: Yeah, well, I agree, man. The thing that pissed me off of XRP, and there's a reason why I ended up, because I actually had a bag of it for a while. And what they done was they actually put on their website at the time that they had these partnerships with Australian banks. So I think it was like um, NAB, ANZ, and Westpac. And I had a mate at the time that was working at the ANZ. And he had a fairly decent position in there. And I said, like, what's going on with this, like, XRP stuff? And he goes, oh, well, we've essentially made a partnership with him to test the technology for the payment system. Mm-hmm. And, but we're going to come out of our own. And it was, like, 12 months later, like, the banks pretty much made some sort of an agreement with each other where it would be, like, they Im- implemented their own technology. that had nothing to do with blockchain. So it was, like, instant transactions between different branches. So if I want to do like pays for employees or anything at all, I can pay them on the spot and boom, it's in their bank. So they kept that facade up though for a long time, like probably about six to 12 months that they had all these partnerships and stuff and that will, these banks were going to implement their technology and they didn't. But because it's Australia and we didn't really have much of a voice at the time or the need to even talk about it because it's just such a silly thing like it didn't get out the information at all. So you had all these people in America thinking that Australia is fucking adopting this XRP ledger (laughs) and the rest of us. Right.
1: (laughs) So, so that's why I talked about the sustained and, and the over a long period of time when people start to see that they get more comfortable. And like with Bitcoin, it's been what, 13 years now. I think it's 13. And, and, when, when you see the use case for that over 13 years and people are still interested in it, the ones who were on the sidelines before are going to be more comfortable dipping their toes into it, knowing that this has been used the way it's been used for all this time. The same could happen with XRP. The same could happen with the glitch token right if you create a token you create a use for it people start using it people see it being used for these cool things for a long period of time they're going to want to jump into that and use it for themselves high confidence in ledger being adopted by less confidence investing in XRP yeah i i i can totally see that that's a really good point
0: well, we can't say too much about it because you might upset Faz. <laughs>
1: Faz, you know, <laughs> that guy. He's 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 so insanely smart but dumb as a rock at the same time. And he's he's very scientific, but the world isn't purely based on facts and evidence. Because facts and evidence are subjective. You could put the same piece of evidence, hard evidence, a database or anything in front of two different people, and they will both pull different information out of that and be able to assert with factual evidence two entirely different things. And so that that really, that that subjectivity is where people run into the big problems in life because it's hard for people to agree on the same set of facts within the, within the data. Yes. Glitch token. Now you have to make it.
0: You realize that, (laughs) No, no way. (laughs) Evan Evan wave can make it and um, he can have it for himself.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'd get some Evan wave token. That guy's got some fire in him too, man. I like, I like what he puts out as well. I like the people that that have that fire in their belly that want to do things. And I want to stand behind anybody who has that fire and wants to accomplish something in their life. And as long as it's not illegal or hurting somebody else, I'm all in, man. But yeah, he he's he's got he's got that vision, man. I I like that.
0: Well, Evan Wife, well, his name's Evan Wife, but He sort of reminds me of Faz a little bit as well because, you know, if you try to be too negative about like even things going on with Gala, they both instinctively want to try to defend it because I remember Mm -hmm. saying that even way for a long time, I'm like, man, spider tanks just isn't fun. It's fucking boring. And like it's evident that it's boring because no one's playing it, you know. But he's like, no, no, man, you know, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. You know, they're doing this and that. And I'm like, yeah, but that's still fucking boring, like, you know. Well, so
1: I- being, an, being an optimist, um, I I read not too long ago, and I actually laughed out loud, not just the LOL thing. And this guy, he said, um, remember, you, you have your half-full glass people that are out there, and your glass is always half-full. He goes, remember, that glass was full at one point. And I said, ah, oh, good point. So seeing the optimism in things is subjective, again, because you have to base other things on that. You can't just look directly at that thing. And you can't say, like, with spider tanks as an example, right, where you say it's boring as shit. You look at it that way right here in the present. And he's looking at it. Look, they're not. this is still in beta. They're not even done with this game yet. Once they figure out and people tell them this game's really fucking boring, they're going to find a way to fix it. So he looks at it from just a different time scale than you do. And you're both right and you're both wrong, right? So when you look at things like that, those opinions are good for the people who see things the same way that you do. And there's nothing wrong with having different opinions and there's nothing wrong with the way that you look at it or the way he looks at it. But that's where I was saying you have to learn how to learn. You step back, you you find out the reasons. And then we can say to you, you know, hey, Glitch, you're not looking down the road. And you're like, I don't give a shit about the down the road. I want to play a game that's entertaining today. Okay, well, then go play another game because this is not entertaining today. <laughs> right? And then... uh. Six months from now, he'll come over and he'll poke you and be like, dude, this game's completely different now. Come back and play it. And maybe then it's not boring. So it's just a matter of time preference in that example of, you know, you're, you're both right and you're both wrong. It's okay.
0: You know, maybe you'll I, like it later. I want to be wrong. You know, and I hope that they do improve it. But at the end of the day, if if something's good, you know that it's good because the user base grows. And that's with anything.
1: Right. I'll agree with you there. And there's games that are terrific today that are going to be dog shit eight months from now when they put that new patch in because they're going to fuck something up and it was one of your favorite aspects of the game and they take it away to make something they think is going to be better or what what other users wanted other users didn't didn't like that that tank that you had so they're going to minimize that and bring out something something different and it's it's tough man everybody can't win all the time and uh you just gotta go with, with a decision and you have to keep your mind moving. You have to be able to adapt as things change. People as humans, we don't want to adapt. We want the same things. We're we're most comfortable as human beings when we're in our comfort zone and everything's the same way. You have your routine. You get up, you go get a cup of coffee, you come back upstairs, you brush your teeth, you you take a dump, you go get in the shower. And if, if something goes wrong, if the coffee pot timer didn't go off right, mm-hmm. your whole morning's fucked because now you're out of order, right? So when 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 change happens, you have to learn how to adapt to change. And when you can learn how to adapt to change, doesn't mean you have to like it, but you have to adapt, <laughs> find a way to adapt into it.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, Simon. man. <clears throat> I really hope, like, I was, while you were talking, I was thinking about, like, Gala needs to be a bit more adaptive to the community because, like, like you were saying before, you've got people like, you know, Faz, like, Evenwave, Forged and Crypto, you've got fucking Timbo Slice. Like, these guys are making really good stuff around this content that's been put out by Gala, and they just really don't, I don't think they give a fuck about it at all. It's like instead of incentivizing these people, they'd rather get these different persona people on, like fucking like classy or um, the, what's the guy with the moustache? like crypto stash, that that have their well, there's the
1: yeah, well there yeah, there's two stashes. There's Lycan with the stash, and then there's the guy in the trench coat. Yeah.
0: But you got these people actually building shit like forged and Timbo and all the rest of it. I don't think I've ever seen like Bit Bender give a shout out or give them any sort of jacket with their name on the back of it. If you haven't seen that on Twitter,
1: <laughs> I know. No, I did. I saw that, and and there does need to be a lot more love going to the people who are actually building it. Another big one in this space is Rostikip, and Rostikip is working with Tim. Uh, at integrating some of his stuff into the moth but um he comes up with these beautiful things and and it's it's so easy for him and i'm so jealous because he just he thinks of it and he does it and, and it's this beautiful thing and it works and they're building things that gallus should have been building in the first place and they're doing it and they're getting like hardly any love at all for it I think they should be getting all the love, all the mentions, they should be getting paychecks, you know, or a gift sent to them for those things because they're doing things for for the people who are like us, who are out here just waiting for something to happen. It's not really happening with Gala, but you have these people who are making things happen. Reward them and reward them very well to keep them building. They're helping Gala by doing all this stuff. I I just, I don't understand it either, man.
0: Well, this is my message to Bitbender. If you ever do listen, Bitbender, stop pissing around, wasting time talking to fucking influencers. So you've got a little group of friends that want to shout your praise and actually give some praise to people that are building shit for the community. I
1: I do think I do think he's slowly
0: starting to realize that um,
1: he he gave uh, Nate a shout out. He gave Tim a shout out. Now that's nowhere near what they deserve, right? But he I think he's starting to realize that 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 track is probably the right track to be putting a lot more resources, time, energy all of that into and I I hope they do it I really do because there's like we talked about at the very beginning there's people that deserve that and there's people that don't right if you're if you're building something and you're you're creating value for the people who are in that ecosystem absolutely now that can be classy that can be stash if they're creating things for the community with whatever it is they do, then great, but you also have to to give those resources to the people who are building physical things for it, not just content,
0: yeah, like I think the content's important, man, but like I've been in this space now for over three years, including yourself,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: it's um you know a lot of these people have been building almost for this whole time, and it's sort they of have the it's just crickets, you know. Like, even Shumar himself could, like, instead of focusing so much on himself and how much he loves himself, maybe he could actually, you know, show a bit of love to the community as well.
1: I, I really hope that before it's too late, and, and it might already even be too late, I don't know, but the space has exploded, and there's too many choices now. It used to be just, like, two or three. That were in this genre. And now there's 50, 70, 80 decent, not not perfect, not to any certain level or whatever, But but you have now 70 or 80 choices on where to go. Mm-hmm. And we've talked with Playable a couple of times now. I know Old Man Smithers is over there working with their Node program now. He's their Node ambassador. They have issues. Just like everybody, every other company, they have issues, right? They're heavy talking about the token, which in the USA, they kind of frown upon that. But he's in Dubai, so he doesn't give two fucks, right? So <laughs> so it, there's, there's other places to consider now, whereas before there wasn't. And that's going to be, I think, a... A bigger deal than Gala gives it credit for or that the Gala community even understands. They blow it off, too. They're like, oh, no, 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 Gala's way ahead. They're not. They're, they're even pretty much with, with a dozen different companies now. Before there was them. That was it. Now there's at least a dozen that are on the same level as Gala But they don't have all the extraneous uh, drama that Gala's creating for itself, and I think that's a problem. I don't know if they can overcome it. I guess we're going to find out.
0: Yeah, well, I don't know if they will. I mean, all I've seen for the whole time, though, is, like, just trying to target influencers, become their buddies, put them in their inner circles. Like, they've done it with... um... Snoop Dogg, they've done it with Wendio, they've done it with a couple of others and it's just like, you know, this sort of shit's played out and it's like everything else going on in the world, like people are waking up to it like the influences mm-hmm. and all the rest of the stuff, like we understand that most of it's a gimmick or it's a persona, you know so, like I, if it was me and I was Gala and I wanted to, and obviously this is my opinion only I don't speak for you or anyone else but if I was Geller, I'd be more focused on them huddling around the community than actually building stuff and building the guilds and building the communities all throughout Geller, and I'd have less focus on influences and let it grow, like, from the grassroots up.
1: Well, I I got very passionate during our five-hour marathon last week, and, and really I, I've called them out three or four times on that now. They've got to be fighting for the community. That's what they need to be doing, front-faced, fighting for the community and stop the finger-pointing. I think that's the best route for them to go. That's how they started the community is they were fighting for the community to get what they needed so that they would be comfortable moving forward. And they turned away from that at some point. And I can't even put my finger on exactly where it was, but it was somewhere and they've got to get back to that if they want to be where they they see themselves being or where they dream or where their vision is to get there I don't, I don't even know anymore after these lawsuit documents have brought up all kinds of stuff i don't I don't even know what their vision is anymore. So that's a problem if If you don't know where what direction they're gonna go in and and how they plan on going to get it. Mm-hmm. And all they're going to do is bicker about this, that, and the other. I don't have time for that. Crypto moves faster than regular money. I'm going to, I'm going to take my, my toys and I'm going to go home. And I'll find something else that doesn't have all the, the silliness associated with it. So I hope they stop what they're doing, right the ship, pun intended, and get where they need to be. And, and start this kind of over again. And do it the right way this time.
0: So do you think they can just keep doing that though, men? Because like I know on the Discord myself, they're like, you know, we're going to take this other road. We're going to start focusing on this and that. And it's sort of like it seems to be just placating to the people that are getting agitated to sort of like give them something to think that things are going to change. And then it's sort of business as usual two, three weeks down the track.
1: I did a, on one of our shows in the spring, I called that out. And we had a really good conversation about it. Um, going back a few minutes ago when I was talking about people in their comfort zones and their routines and everything else, people, when, when there's change like that, people get uncomfortable. And when people get uncomfortable, they stop doing the things that they were doing before. So every time Gallus shifts a direction or makes a major change, that's going to freeze people for a, for quite a while until they see stability. Um, they want to see a year's worth of constant flow in the direction they say they're going without any major change, and that that helps them open their minds. That helps them open their wallets for sales. That helps them open up. When you're constantly, every month or two, switching directions and changing things and forgetting to tell you about this and not telling you about that, there's nothing that people can feel comfortable about. So even if you're a complete dog shit project, but you're consistent and you're you're meeting, you're following the vision you originally had, they're going to stick with you and they're going to support you. Mm -hmm. That's just the way humans work. And they're going against the way human beings think, act and and emotionally uh, tie themselves to these projects.
0: Well, look how good like Bitbender was, man, when he first come into the scene. Like he's like a marketing wizard, in my opinion. Like it, like he, he's very interpersonal of how he communicates with everyone. It's almost like I don't know if it's the same now because I don't watch a lot of his interviews, content, or anything at all. But it used to be like he was almost talking directly to you as a person about Geller and what they're going to do and all the rest of the stuff. And you know, you could ask him anything and he'd always have an answer. Like I think it's i really just don't know anymore I man like you can probably tell just with the way i'm talking about it now but i'm confused with it all i don't really know how to feel about it in general anymore i don't really have the confidence that i used to have i'm not sure if like Bitbender was better off staying in marketing and then having so many the head of blockchain but like as the dynamics changed and they've gotten bigger it's just sort of the mentality of it so changed, and their environments changed. Like even with you now, man. Like we're talking about other stuff, you're energized. We're talking about Gala. You're starting to go, down. You know what I mean? Oh like no, it- <laughs> no. It's just my my chair, my chair,
1: man. I gotta I gotta stretch my legs. I I don't I don't. Um, so so the 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 big problem that I see is the contradiction, right? And these legal documents are bringing out a lot of contradiction. And as Faz said, all this stuff I got made fun of for a year that I was speculating on, suddenly they're showing up in these documents. Mm-hmm. And like with with Brink, you know, I'll give you a real general example of what I'm talking about. He gets on his AMAs and everything else or, or in Discord... And somebody will ask him a question and he'll go, oh, geez, you know, that's, I'm not really involved in that. I'm not, you know, that's not my area, whatever. And you hear that like constantly. Mm -hmm. And then you look at, you go to these legal documents and his sworn statement says that he's involved in all operations of GALA and knows it inside and out. What is it? Which is it? Pick one. Right. So he's a he's a brilliant marketer. He's 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 very good at at connecting with people and marketing to people. So he's that's great for him. That's not the in my opinion, not the best role for him. He should be in that marketing side. He should be the the vice president of marketing. He's very good at it. Okay, he should not be the forward facing person for Gala Games. They had somebody named Carrie Allen uh, who was fantastic. She would have been the, the most perfect forward-facing person ever for GALA. And for whatever reason, that went sideways. You, you had, you've you got to get people in the right roles for them. And what, what tends to happen is they... they yes, Miss GTG... They have very intelligent people, but they're not using them properly. And the the constant direction changes is throwing everybody off. Just when you get you get this person at gala who's focused on spider tanks. And the push is to get spider tanks out the door. And they just get in their groove with pushing spider tanks out. And then suddenly Eric will change his mind and say, oh, my God, no, Legends Reborn. This has to be done, and it has to be done today. And they drop all of that, and they all go running like like little lemmings over this direction. <laughs> and And try and get that done. And now they're starting from scratch. They don't have a routine. They don't have anything else going. They start to get their routine going. And then Eric goes, no, fuzzles. We're doing fuzzles. This is going to be the next big thing. It's AI. And then everybody runs like lemmings back over this way. And there's, they keep starting from scratch. And all these little things, the spider tanks, the Legends Reborn, all of this falls to the wayside. Mm-hmm. It's not the way, that's not, and and then you have the community, too. The community gets all excited about spider tanks and goes and buys spider tank stuff, and then it gets dropped off. And then it's Legends Reborn when they were doing that, and then they buy this, and then that goes away. And now they're over here, and they want you to buy fuzzles. And eventually it got to the point where people are like, no, we're done. Finish something first. And that's really all the community really wanted at that point was for them to finish one thing before they moved on to another.
0: Well, like, I don't know how, how long a lot of the audience has been here or not, but like, going to what you're saying, we've scattered. Like, back when I first got in, man, like, um, PGFKs, the keys, were like a big deal for Polyant. And um, Polyant ended up buying the first Citadel. So I think they bought the Citadel of the Sun for Mirandus. And they were going to have all these partnerships and stuff like that where they were going to help him out with, like, the Polyant was going to help them do code or something like that for the safes and all the rest of it in Miranda's. <clears throat> well, Pollyant ended up essentially, like, I don't want to say scammed, but they dropped the ball hard. I think they promised a lot more than they could chew. And, like, I don't even know if they have a Citadel anymore or anything at all. It was like they had this thing with polyant that just disappeared. Then they all mixed in with that triple eight with the blue realms. And then that yeah. sort of just disappeared. And then they had the, what's it called? The orbs with that bloke. What, I can't remember what his BT. name is. They had a certain set, set up to be able to sell the orbs. And then that shit the bed. And then what else have they done? Like Fuzzles. Like is, yeah. And then they had fuzzles and then fuzzles. I don't even know what happened to those, but they shit the bed. And then you had Tianstar coming out, and then Tian's been listed on exchange, and then, well, Tianstar shit the bed and the currency shit, it, shit itself. So they ended up removing that as well. And it's like, you know, like if you look at the history and you've been here for as long as I have, and there's people that have been here longer, like there's been more fuck-ups in this space, specifically to Gala Games, than almost any other place, that, like any other cryptocurrency that I've dealt with. You know,
1: and and to sound like faz for a moment, that was that was the allure because they had done all those things that nobody else was doing all those things like they were. Right. And that was that's part of the success and part of the failure of where they are today. Right. They did a lot of things, but they didn't do a lot of things right. And and there was the issue. If had they just focused on one thing at a time, I think they would have fared much much better.
0: Yeah, well, it's they obviously didn't have the technicals in the company to be able to, you know, look at all these things that Poly and other companies have said and been like, oh, well, that's just not going to work.
1: Yeah they they've got to they've got to be a lot more careful um, with who they crawl into bed with. Um. Because those, those have to be long-term things. And unfortunately, the way that this gaming space seems to be working itself out is everything is short-term.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And th- that that creates problems because games can't be made short-term. It doesn't have to be eight years. I disagree with that. It doesn't have to be eight years. But it it, it is longer-term than what gamers are used to they're used to and I said it tonight too they're used to paying for something and being able to use it a month later maximum a month later people have been holding things for 3 years and now they're being told well you're going to have to hold it for 3 more what's the excitement in that there's no excitement left it it makes it very difficult and i i think i think people are just done with that that type of business style they have to and I don't have the answers right if I had the answers I'd be I'd be a billionaire gaming magnet right <laughs> but they've got to do something different and you can argue well that's why they're changing their direction every three months okay but they're doing it at the expense of their community's wallets and those community wallets, already dried up and they're not going to open up anytime soon until they find some gravity in something they've got to grab onto something one thing and they have to just totally kick ass with it and if they can do that then they'll be okay i don't know if they're going to do that or not though
0: yeah well maybe um amos has the answer been selling off my crypto since bitcoin first hit 28k this year with all the concerted regulatory crackdowns against crypto, I'd rather speculate on low market cap stocks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you just, you never know. It's, It's rigged on both sides, just so everybody knows that, right? It's rigged on the stock side, it's rigged on the crypto side, it's just a different set of people with a different set of rules rigging the game a little bit differently. And a big part of this is the multitude of tokens as well. Do we really need as many tokens as there are? No. Why why do you need more tokens? Well, you need more tokens because that's where the money is made. If you're mm-hmm. if you're using the same token over and over and over again, it doesn't generate new revenue as well as a brand new token. So the the disadvantage to that is unfortunately wearing thin on people a lot lately as well i'm, I'm not going to go interact with 14 different tokens no i don't have time for that i came here to play a game man i don't want to be going to a, a sponsored dex inside your side chain l3694 to swap one coin for another to do this and that no it's got to be simple, and and that's a big part of why the adoption isn't there, too, is it? it's nowhere near simple. Gamers yeah. can't even figure it out, man, and they've been playing games for 20 years.
0: Well, it's like even Champions Arena, man. I reckon there's probably about nine different currencies in-game that you can use.
1: I didn't know that. Like, I'm gonna try it on mobile just to see what this thing's all about. You've got my curiosity now. I'll try it out. I'll I'll be download number one hundred and two thousand six hundred and
0: twelve. <laughs> yeah, well, I've seen on Twitter that they have um over a hundred thousand downloads now, but that's not really an active mm-hmm. amount of people playing. So they're very um smart with their wording to be able to get people yeah. in.
1: Well, that's part of the marketing. if you owned the company, you'd be doing the same thing, man. Whatever whatever you can get out there that makes it look like it's winning do it and so yeah. a for effort absolutely a for effort and and I hope i for the people who bought into those games, I hope it pans out for them. I do because i I hate watching people get wrecked,
0: yeah. Well, I reckon we'll end it here, man. And um, thanks to MIs for tuning in. We've got Evan, Evenwave, who asked that we have Zoro, Shitcoin Sherpa, Punjab, if that's the right way to say it. And I think, and then, yeah, Miss GTG is actually my wife. So that was nice that she actually dropped into anything. Yes. (laughs)
1: That's
0: awesome. That's awesome. But, um, yeah, it's been really good talking to you, man. If you don't mind hanging around for a minute while I end the stream. No and problem. We'll do another one soon. I think I've sort of broken the ice a little bit. Near we're coming back into doing it again. But um, very cool. I'll have a listen back and I'll see if I'm right or not.
1: <laughs> hey, it's it's an absolute honor to be here. Thank you for the invite.
0: Well, two hours, man. You done well. See you, everyone.
1: Bye bye.